0: From Creative Force, I'm Daniel Jester, and this is the e-commerce content creation podcast. The content crisis. Danny Efron said it really well in this episode of our podcast. When a brand makes the decision to move into a new marketing space or channel, they quickly find out that it requires its entire own set of assets designed to work within that space. That's why the content studio of the future needs to be able to adapt quickly while still building a system that ensures accurate and timely work. Joining me for this episode is Danny Efron and Polly Babcock of Show Labs, a Denver-based commercial studio that uses some of the most cutting-edge technology available in our industry in order to meet the content crisis head-on.
1: We call it the content crisis, right? I mean, it's brands going to new competitive channels, whether that's a marketplace like Amazon or a large network of new wholesale partners with e-commerce presence or trying to push into the social commerce world. Every one of these channels requires really great, compelling content to effectively market and sell products.
0: In this episode, we also highlight a brand new integration that we at Creative Force are very proud to announce. Creative Force now integrates with OrbitView automated imaging devices to take your smart, capable studio to the next level. We're very proud and excited to bring this out to the industry, and we hope you get a chance to check it out soon. Now, without further ado, let's get into this episode. This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Jester. <laughs> Joining me for this episode, Danny Efron and Polly Babcock of Showlabs. Danny, Polly, welcome to the show. And how are you both?
1: Doing great. Excited to be here. And thanks for having us, Daniel.
2: Yeah, it's great to be here with Creative Force. Thanks. Thanks.
0: It's my pleasure to have you guys. I've been wanting to have this conversation with you for quite a while. Polly, you made a brief appearance, some of our listeners might remember, on this podcast after the Pixels Flow event in LA this past February. By the way, listeners of this podcast, if you can hear my fan blowing on me right now, I apologize for the subpar audio quality, but it is... Very early in the morning, and it's already pushing ninety degrees in my studio. So you're gonna have to deal with the sound of a of a fan. I'm I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be a podcast professional, but I'm not gonna stand here looking sweaty and weird in front of you guys.
2: <laughs> we appreciate it.
0: <laughs> so we invited you on the podcast to talk. We want to talk about Show Labs. You guys, Polly, Danny, Danny, you're the founder of ShowLabs, which is a commercial studio based in Denver. Why don't you tell us a little bit about
1: who you are and what ShowLabs is? So just a little bit on my background, I've been working in the e-commerce industry and in, in the outdoor vertical as a serial entrepreneur for over a decade and really working to help brands and retailers market and sell products to customers. I've done that across a few different companies and a few different Sort of market targets looking at consumer channels versus B2B wholesale channels. And just to talk a little bit about you know, how Show Labs came to be, I was doing some consulting work for one of the leading B2B wholesale e-commerce platforms in the outdoor industry called Elastic Suite. They work with some of the biggest and best outdoor brands like the North Face, New Balance Vans, Timberland, Helly Hansen, just amazing brands helping these brands, providing a a platform and technology that these brands use to market and sell products to retailers. And we sort of identified, especially within the wholesale point in a brand's product lifecycle, that these brands were having an incredibly difficult time producing really great content that was sort of helping them digitally transform that segment of their business, you know, decreasing reliance on trade shows and in-person meetings and getting full value and really being able to leverage these great selling platforms like Elastic Suite. One of the biggest hindrances was their inability to create really great content quickly. And that was sort of, you know, how Show Labs came to be. I stepped out of my role in that business to start Show Labs. And, you know, we sort of launched this mission to help transform the way brands go to market and bring their products to life in their most digital and virtual sales and marketing channels.
0: A legitimate question for me. I'm not doing one of those like ask the question that I know the answer to to sound smart or whatever, but <laughs> the yeah. the outdoor space, I know like we were talking offline that I'm a cyclist and I'm aware that like the cycling industry, the retail cycling industry there's still a lot of like legacy operation, like cycling and the, the bike manufacturers and the parts manufacturers were a little bit slower to adopt to e-com just because of the way that industry handled distribution and selling bikes through local bike shops and that kind of thing. Sure. Is that true across the board in sports and outdoors? Are there other segments of sports and outdoors that just have tended to be slower to adopting D2C e-com because of the way that just the industry sort of grew up?
1: I think that's true. You know, as we looked at at direct-to-consumer versus B2B and wholesale channels, I think what we've seen is the industry has been a lot quicker to adopt to -to direct-to-consumer e-commerce presence and technology. And we've seen that the wholesale channels have really lagged behind as these brands have sort of continued their heavy, heavy reliance on in-person meetings, and like I like I mentioned before, trade shows. I don't want to talk negatively about the, an industry that I love, but I do think that just in general, the outdoor industry tends to be a few steps behind some of the other even related verticals like fashion and their adoption of technology, which, you know, as an entrepreneur is, is kind of exciting because we can help sort of understand what's happening in other verticals and and bring solutions to the outdoor industry and leverage really great relationships and connections to help, you know, push the industry forward like we're doing with Show Labs.
0: Polly, I want to kick it to you for this next part of this question. Obviously, everything you just said, Danny, was was very heavily impacted and informed by the pandemic and the for a while the lack of trade shows. And there's a lot of businesses whose almost their entire business was wholesale and finding themselves in a position to needing to suddenly pivot to selling direct to the consumer if they wanted to survive. This is a serious problem. And Polly, it's one that Show Labs set out to solve for their customers. What other problems is Show Labs solving? What are you all solving for your customers?
2: We're building structure around these photo shoots. So we require all of our product data to be delivered to us in a certain way. We provide creative standards of what we are capable of doing here and how that mends with our clients we create these kits before our shoots so that we have clear direction on set we're also solving you know quality control issues we are delivering assets straight to platforms with correct margins correct variants everything has been color matched you know we're solving that efficiency as well so getting everything upfront, organized, running it through our system, and delivering a beautiful ribbon-tied package to our clients directly to their platforms.
0: That had to have been life-saving for some of your customers through the pandemic. You laid out in very concise terms that there is a lot more to producing images that encourage your customers to buy, period. I could end it there. But also, Sports Not outdoors is a competitive industry with tons of innovators that are popping up every day and making new things. Not to mention, Danny, you said something earlier about adjacent industries like fashion. And it just got me thinking this is a little off topic for this episode. But I wonder what it would be like to be one of these boutique outdoor brands who suddenly finds themselves a fashion icon, similar to like what we've seen happen with Carhartt. Carhartt, like (laughs) a staple of Midwestern farmware, suddenly became like (laughs) an icon in the fashion industry. And now they want to capitalize and take advantage of that you know, who's to say that doesn't happen for one of your boutique brands. And you guys are there saying, let's do it. Let's shoot it. We can help you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We love working with these emerging brands because those are the types of brands that, to your point, have new and big problems to try to solve as they're trying to grow aggressively in the market. And we call it the content crisis right i mean it's brands going to new competitive channels whether that's a marketplace like amazon or a large network of new wholesale partners with e-commerce presence or trying to push into the social commerce world every one of these channels requires really great compelling content to effectively market and sell products and one of the challenges that these brands like really have to solve is that every one of these channels may require something unique and different as it relates to, you know, a file type, an image spec, a file name, the appropriate, you know, angles, the way in which you're shooting or styling a product. It's a lot for emerging and mid-market. I mean, really top to bottom in terms of different market segments, it's a lot of problems for a brand to try to solve themselves. For a lot of the
0: heads of these companies it's often not even a discussion point when they're saying we're going to launch this new brand and here's this problem that we're going to solve for our potential customer. And here's what we want to do. And, you know, I think we got a great product and I think we can sell it. And often like, how do we sell it? Well, we need images to do that is an afterthought. But as you guys are aware, as I'm aware is that most listeners of this podcast are aware it requires, I don't know, a small brand has a few thousand square feet of warehouse space. Guess what? You got to double that mm-hmm. now. Cause you got to build yourself a studio and then you got to put another $50,000 yeah. $50, worth of equipment in that studio. And then you got to find the right people to run that studio because you don't know what you're doing. And that seems like an yeah. excellent place for show labs to live.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it,
1: it's like, we love to draw this distinction. Like we look at sort of a product, the product life cycle for a brand producing a physical asset or a physical, a physical product, right? And product design, the manufacturing facility, possibly overseas, possibly here. And we like to draw the comparison of just the importance of creating or manufacturing the digital twin of this physical product. It needs to run in parallel. It's almost as important because if you don't have the right digital representation of the product, you're not going to sell it anywhere we refer to it as the digital asset supply chain that sits right in parallel with the physical asset supply chain the type of stuff that we're doing the problems that we're solving are are just absolutely critical for for these brands to be able to you know sell a product effectively online danny you gave me chills I've described
0: it exactly like that it actually it literally is an entire digital supply chain that runs in parallel and that's Part of the reason it's a much more complex process than people give it credit for. It's In some ways, it's as complex as a product supply line, whether it's getting raw materials to make your product, then getting those products made and delivered. It's as complicated as that, with the exception of you can't actually see any of that stuff. You can't point to a room full of digital (laughs) assets. Like, you know, it's on a hard drive somewhere. Let's pivot the conversation, and I've buried the lead a little bit for our listeners, and I apologize, listeners, if you feel like this is a, I wouldn't call it a bait and switch, but we're going to talk a little bit more about Creative Force today than we normally do on this podcast. Obviously, I am an employee of Creative Force. The show is produced by Creative Force, and we're going to pivot to talk a little bit about technology because you guys at Show Labs had the opportunity to test our new integration with another piece of technology that's out there on the market, the OrbitView automated imaging device. So I don't want to get into the details of that sort of integration and testing process just yet. I want to hear from you guys a little bit on your philosophy on tools and technology. And I think let's go Danny first, and then let's hear from Polly on what are you thinking about? What's your sort of philosophy? Like, how do you see the tools and technology that you use in your studio that help you solve your customers' problems?
1: Philosophy-wise, I mean, I would say the way that we've approached designing and building this studio and the way that we have approached sort of assessing and selecting both hardware and software to combine it, right, design this highly efficient workflow. I mean, the philosophy is it's really about initially understanding the problems that, you know, we're trying to solve for our brands and ensuring that You know we have a good grasp on what's out there in the market and who's doing what and who's a true leader in innovation who's going to be able to support us in the right way. We've certainly found that within partners that we've selected to work very closely with, like you guys at CF, like a company like Orbitview. And heading out into the market, we have a very clear positioning as a company in terms of the types of brands that we're trying to build a solution for. We know what kind of products, they are manufacturing, we know what kind of content they need. We really, I think it's just one of our key advantages is based on our background, we really understand their issues. The need for as an example, the need for us to to be able to handle staggered sample management, the the need for us to really dial in our focus on continuity and in color and lighting against different production types and sets in, in the studio. And yeah, I would say just being very, very close to understanding what the customer needs and being, you know, spending the time being diligent, understanding what's available in the market is kind of the approach that we've taken to pull together hardware, software and, you know, workflow solutions that are helping us just bring a really great service offering to our clients.
0: Polly, I know I had the benefit of working with you a lot through the early days of your Creative Force implementation. Yeah. That time, Creative Force was a smaller company than it is today, and I was doing a lot of support. And we spent a lot of time on intercom, chatting and uncovering problems and learning sure new did. problems. And one problem led do another problem. We solve one and then create yep. four more. Yeah. I wanted to get your sense <laughs> of like as your workflow as Showlabs was founded. And as you've been like identifying technology and layering solutions on top of each other to build this ecosystem for yourselves, yeah. how has that informed the sort of workflow design process in the team that you've built? Like, How have you yeah. managed kind of figuring out, okay, do we have the right talent in place? Is this the right tool? Is the tool working the way that we need it to? I know that's a very broad question, but I'd love to hear yeah. kind of how that has worked out yeah. a little bit.
2: I would say you know from day one, we had a pretty much an empty room, so you know I think one of our main challenges was you know recognizing that we have this robust hardware and software, and the really the big challenge was figuring out how do we make a workflow that is harmonious between all of these amazing you know pieces of of hardware and software that we have and that we've invested in and it was really figuring out the ins and outs of the software of the hardware and you know like you said we talked so much and we uncovered a lot of things and that built to more questions and i think asking the questions and testing and trying new things i feel like every production that i've designed at show labs is has had some kind of change in it and i'm always trying to push the boundaries of the capabilities of what we have also recognizing you know what our capabilities of our team are. We have local talent, uh, stylists, photographers, models in Denver. It's a different market than New York and L.A. And figuring out what our capabilities are with the software and how we can go into every production with confidence that our workflows are going to be efficient and clean. And you know, really, we want to be an extension of our clients, and we want to make sure that we adapt to them. So it's a lot of factors to to take into consideration every single day in the studio. And Daniel, you said it the best, you know, a handyman can go to the hardware store and, and get a bunch of tools, but it really takes that knowledge and skills to put it all together. And, and that's what we're doing here at Show Labs. And that's kind of where our magic exists here.
0: I, I guess commiserate, I don't want to make it sound too negative, but Holly and Danny, <laughs> I worked pr- prior to the pandemic, I was at a commercial studio here in LA. And I specifically was hired to take this very boutique, very project oriented studio and build something that resembled a continuous sort of e-commerce product photography workflow. And the thing that I learned almost immediately, almost on the first day is when you work it for a retailer or a brand in their ecom studio many decisions are made and it's usually made by committee and once those decisions are made you just go with it and you roll with it and you can build a studio that is a constant churn of productivity but in this situation in your situation in your studio guess who gets a vote the client gets a vote <laughs> and they often are like yeah oh you know what now that you now that we've talked about this for 2 months and we've delivered the assets we actually want to change something <laughs> Yeah, that takes this process to an entire another level of challenge. And I totally recognize what it takes to get through it. And I'm in some ways, I think I've shared this with you, Polly living vicariously through show labs because we just never really got there before the pandemic. We had a lot of ideas and we had a lot of ways that we thought we could make this work, but I'm living a little bit vicariously through show labs to see like it can work. You can do this. You can build a process <laughs> that allows for some flexibility, But it also kind of means that you need to have some conversations with your customer about what is doable and when it's doable. And sometimes it just means attaching a cost. Yes, we can do this for you, but it's going to cost something. It's either more time or more money. A lot of the time, it's just simply more time. And that seems to be the one that Mm -hmm. customers sometimes have more of a problem giving up. But a big part of this is sitting down and saying, we've got the tools, we've got the technology to help you. We want to be the best partner for you. So here's all the information that we need. And once we get going, yeah. that's it. Like, to some extent, we need to agree on this up front.
2: I would also say that, you know, creative force has helped us so much with the structure of the way we're running our productions as well. I remember when we were running everything off of spreadsheets. I mean there's still a lot of spreadsheets involved but you know Creative Force allows us to track these products in every single step of the way and as Danny was saying these life cycles of our products and our assets it is pretty linear you know there's a step in our workflow and we have a pretty structured way of going about it and it's helpful to have you know a robust production software tool that helps us every step of the way.
0: For the record, audience, Polly is not being paid. I don't think she's being paid to say this stuff Creative <laughs> Force. I don't know, actually. But uh, yeah, let's use that as a segue to get into <laughs> talking about your experience testing. So to say it on this podcast, the time that we're recording this, it hasn't been publicly announced yet. But by the time the audience, by the time you listen to it, it will have been announced. But we built an integration, Creative Force built an integration with Orbitview, who manufactures automated imaging devices that are a combination of hardware and software that are quite impressive. And we had an episode with Mark Duhame of OrbitView. Mark, I think you guys probably know Mark, incredibly nice guy, like one of my favorite people in the industry. We know Mark very well. Yeah, we love Mark. Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm very curious. I haven't, at this point, as of this recording, I have not seen what the OrbitView and Creative Force integration looks like. So I'm dying to know, what was the process like of beta testing this? And some of the specific questions I have is, how did you define your, you know, one of the things I love about a a process of testing something new is just sitting back and thinking about how am I going to define success and how am I going to define failure so that I can identify them quickly and move on. So I'd like to just ask, what was the process like and how did you define your goals before getting into testing the integration?
2: I'll take the testing. So I was very excited about this. As I mentioned earlier, just, you know, one of the things I've been so focused on at ShowLabs is really how do we create this workflow how do we create bridges over gaps and you know having orbit view and creative force we came up with creative ways to integrate them but having the actual integration now is so helpful because it makes it easier on our photographers there's features in the integration that we didn't have with orbit view alone you know all the imagery gets transferred to one place i have confidence that those images are going to be tracked under the right product name. I know that, you know, they'll be moved through our system and spit out the other end with the correct file naming. You know, I think that there was definitely a few hiccups in the testing. Windows popping up here and there. There is things that, you know, it's beta. So we know going into it that there are Things are still getting smoothed out. I think one of the biggest things that I'd like to see are if you know, down down the road, our editor is looking through all the selections and we need an alternate select. She rejects it back. We'd like to see all the images on the Creative Force platform, so we don't have to go all the way back to step one in the production station to republish everything. So you know, that's something that I would love to see within the the software integration. That's a
0: sneaky way to get your feedback back to our product team <laughs> is through this podcast, Polly. But I respect you for it deeply. <laughs> Thank you. Danny, how I guess I'd be taking a little bit of a step back, but I'd like to hear from you yeah. like what drew you to Orbit view in particular. And then yeah. can you tell us a little bit about what it was like kind of leading up to make I, I, I know that we had an eye, I, I actually I shouldn't say I know this for sure. I know that we've been internally talking about this integration between Orbit view and Creative Force for a long time. I'm not sure how much show labs played into certainly you guys were a customer and you already had orbit view devices. So it was a natural place for us mm-hmm. to beta test this. But I'm just curious to hear from you, Danny, like what drew you to OrbitView, And then was there always a hope on your end that you'd be able to connect these two things? Or did you just see two killer pieces of technology that you wanted to adopt and went from there?
1: There is definitely always a hope. And it it really speaks to an earlier question about, you know, our philosophy and making selections like this is we want to be working with teams that are pushing innovation and that are really open and I mean that literally too, And open platforms, thinking about ways to uh, make these types of important integrations and connections to make you know, workflows easier. And I feel like that was one of the big pieces of what we were looking for when we were out in the market doing selection on hardware. I mean, we looked at most of the leading, if not all of the leading manufacturers in this automated photography equipment. And we found that with Orbit View, they were more software focused than a lot of the other manufacturers in the market, and we felt like they had this openness about them that was really going to be able to support our energy, our entrepreneurial energy of trying to push and push and push and, and innovate. That's who we are as a company, and that's how we always want to be in sort of collaboration with our partners. So. Yeah, I mean, we found just superior hardware and capability with OrbitView, and we liked what we saw on the software side. And again, that openness and spirit within their organization was something that was really, really important for us, and something that we felt with you guys and going through our selection process on a production management and workflow tool as well. And here we are talking about the integration. So, I.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah,
1: maybe a, a pat on the back, you know, to us. High like, fives mm. all around. Virtual high fives. Yeah, high screen. fives all around. Exactly. <laughs> um, we made some. We made some good decisions. Yeah,
0: I yeah. really think that that idea of jumping in with a company that you feel like listens to you, and that's one of the things that I respect about OrbitView. I I deeply love that about Creative Force. Is that
2: mm-hmm.
0: I know in Thanks. some cases it can feel like to some like outward facing outside of Creative Force that we have a lot of customers who have a lot of really specific and unique needs but we listen we genuinely listen and use that information to inform our roadmap at the end of the day we have limited resources to develop certain tools or some things are you know for for me what i've noticed internally is that you know when i take my product ideas to tice our chief product officer for creative force It turns out that my, what I thought was like a super simple idea actually affects 30,000 other things in the platform and it impacts all these connections that I didn't think about. But I mean, that's exactly the same reason that when I was at the commercial studio, I was interested in creative force for what you said, Danny, which is that I'm interested in a partnership and growing along with and pushing the sort of industry forward, so to speak. So I respect that philosophy quite a bit and i'm I'm excited to be here talking with you about this integrate. This is one of the more exciting features for me on Creative Force. We've had a lot of really great updates to Creative Force over the last year, big and small, but this is one that I'm very excited to see where it goes. The Orbit View software in particular, like you said, Danny, really challenged for me the idea that Capture One was the end all be all. I mean i I love Capture One. I don't ever see Capture One not being a part of the process somewhere. But of all of the capture softwares right. out there, the orbit one was just so impressive and so thoughtful in its design right. and clearly yeah. was designed of real world situations which the same way that creative force has been designed just for these last couple of minutes. I want to hear from, from both of you, from each of your perspectives, what does the future look like for show labs beyond today?
1: Yeah, the future is exciting. I mean, we feel like we're still in our infancy. We feel like there's so much opportunity to, um, to continue to innovate and bring just some really unique offerings to our roster of clients. We feel like it's such an exciting time within this content crisis and you know, the metaverse and the need for all these new different types of content types. It's just a very exciting time to be in this space. And you know, I think I talked a little bit earlier about just this high-level mission to help these brands transform, you know, the the way that they're bringing products to life. And we focus on three pillars here at Show Labs, production, processing, and publishing in terms of what we're doing for clients. It's much more than high volume production and helping them enhance the types of assets that they're producing. We're doing a ton of processing work, helping them build market ready variants, publishable specs, ready to go live. And actually, on the publishing front, helping them move this content to where it needs to go and kind of offering this hands-off publishing capability where the content is just sort of magically appearing where it needs to go. And I think looking to the future of Show Labs, our vision is to launch more studios. We want to build the most efficient and innovative e-commerce studio available in the market. And have multiple studios we want to focus on this processing piece and be investing in proprietary technology to bring a lot of automation and capability to image and video processing and again our, our investment and focus in in publishing is a key area of for the future for this company too we're focused on bringing more solutions to our clients around digital asset management, syndication, and optimization of assets. And we, we are very excited about the opportunities with innovative technology within processing and publishing and those critical parts of this whole product content lifecycle.
0: Syndication is an excellent and underused term in our industry, for sure. Yeah. It really becomes a syndication process to get your assets where they need to go. Amazing. Danny, Polly, same, same question and we'll wrap it up.
2: You know, one of the exciting parts of my job is actually working with Danny because he's always thinking so many steps ahead. And I, what I love about my job is finding solutions and efficiencies and pushing our boundaries. And, you know, speaking of orbit view it's that software is so wonderful and there's so much more than we could do with the software that we haven't even tried yet and I'm looking forward to just pushing that forward and pushing forward um, some of the stuff Danny's talking about and and how it all works together in harmony and also just building our team and creating community within the studio we have such a vibrant color in the studio everyone is happy we got music going there's dogs around um you know just building more of a community around show labs and uh it's just really fun to watch it grow so looking forward to the future as well
0: very cool danny and polly i'm gonna take the last 30 seconds to soapbox a little bit for the audience and extend my sincere gratitude to the two of you for coming on the podcast to talk about this You mentioned earlier the analogy that I used about the hardware store and everybody has access to the same tools. And what I'm talking about specifically is in our industry, we've all got access to the same tools and technology. It's not really a secret, but there still is a tendency to be a little bit secretive about the production process at various studios. And so I really sincerely want to thank you guys for coming on and talking a little bit about what you do because at the end of the day we all win on the basis of great creative and being excellent to work with and having good ideas the tools and the technology just support that and so i think the more open conversations we can have across the board for commercial studios and brands and retailers i think the industry will benefit from that so sincerely from the bottom of my heart thank you too for coming on and talking about it and obviously Absolutely. we got to talk about creative force so it's not all like just fluffy stuff here but uh, <laughs> thank you guys for coming on and i can't wait to see what's next from showlabs
2: Thank you. Daniel. Thanks for
0: having us. Yeah, it
1: was fun.
2: Great.
1: That's
0: it for this episode of the e-commerce content creation podcast. Many thanks to our guests, Danny Efron and Polly Babcock. And thanks to you for listening. The show is produced by Creative Force, edited by Calvin Lands. Special thanks to Sean Omira. I'm your host, Daniel Jester. Until next time, my friends and Ian. Love you, buddy.